I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming to you live from Alola's Battle Royale Dome, it's the one, the only, Puckle Battlecast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Battlecast. I am your host, as always, Seth Vilo, here today with two giant brains. They're always giant brains. I think I need to branch out from my expression or else I'm showing that my brain is not that giant. (laughs) (laughs) So, as you can hear from the laughing, we've got P. McGee, a regular here. Hello, hello. And crawling from the depths of the sea, we have the free whale himself, Dr. Shamu. It's been a while since you've been on, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think the last time was when uh, early Sun and Moon, and then not Sun and Moon, early Sword and Shield. <laughs> same, same difference. Same difference. I mean, it might have been Sun and Moon at this rate. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> no. I just remember uh, the Colossal talk, and then look where Colossal is now, actually doing something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's where. I, that's the last time you were on here. Good old Colossal. <laughs> yeah, and now it it can actually be used some places right? now that people right? have figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> how great we have how how far we have come now that it's in a good place in a good home but yeah what have you guys as far as like battling or whatever online whatever kind of things that can be smoke on it can be anything to do with the video game what have you guys been up to how about you mcgee um so as you know i've been very active in my first season of draft league for Ooh, those boy. that don't know i beat seth and as part of that stipulation i now am the owner of battlecast but we're letting him keep it for now while i yeah. pursue lenian's game corner <laughs> out of the goodness of his heart <laughs> Um, but other than draft league, I've been doing a bunch of different stuff lately, uh, mostly VGC because that's interesting and they're doing some really interesting things coming up with the bands for those 16 mons. So figuring out that a new was meta weird. is always fun. That was, that's a cool decision, but really weird. I like it's, it. It's really weird because like everything you're used to seeing, like in almost every team I've ever made has at least like two to three of those on their team. So to like have to restart and figure out the game like brand new which it's fine because like we're only a few months away from crown tundra and it's no big deal but it's really interesting to try to have to like restart a meta and figure out what works and what doesn't Mm mm-hmm wow 
That's that's hilarious. And I'm looking forward to Crown Tundra and whatever it brings to this madness. It'll be a great time. It will. <laughs> How about you, Shimu? What have you been up to? Uh, again, doing PDL, running with the uh, the good old meme team. <laughs> uh, you just got Wooloo, right? That was oh, your yeah. most recent acquisition? You oh, dropped yeah. a Slowbro yes. for a Wooloo? Oh uh, no, we, we also got the low bro. We dropped the Rotom Heat. We dropped the Heat okay. for the Wool. <laughs> That's right. We dropped one source of heat for another. Like it's, fine. <laughs> it's still fire. Uh no, yeah, we got that. Um it's really only been like BDL and then like Summer League wrapped up, so BSS, like I, I have not touched like Smogon stuff in forever. Just it's <laughs> kinda like, eh, can't do it on cart, there's no reason to learn it really. Cause that's Yeah. That's my that's my main thing. Like, if we had to do that on cart, I would be playing OU a lot more. But yeah, it does kind of make you feel a little bit bad because yeah. it almost feels like two entirely different games with the same pictures. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I but... prefer OU. It's just what like I I'd rather play it on cart. That's just mm-hmm. not, I don't want to learn two metas for only use one. Exactly. I'd just use yeah. one and learn. Like yeah, yeah. It's 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 bittersweet. Mm-hmm. For sure. It does make this weird, fun thing that is the uh, BSS, but nah, yeah, I'm with you. I like OU. I don't like 20-minute timers. <laughs> but here we are. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of what we've been up to. So we're just going to jump right into it. There's been some tier things happening, not a whole lot this month, so it will be a little shorter, but we are going to jump from here into tier time. It's tier time. And welcome back to Tier Time. We are going to start in the most boring place, like every time almost, and that is with Ubers. In the spirit of Ubers, not a lot has changed. Um, people have discovered the sun, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and ah, <laughs> oh, that's why this. That's why we can see. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the bigger thing behind this that really prompted this was people figuring out that gmax charizard with the wildfire that's the thing that you know does the the fire spin like damage behind wildfire it fire whatever yeah yeah wildfire gmax wildfire um with that it can basically two hit ko all the special walls like i'm looking at two calculations here and without a boosting item so i presume they're probably just walking in with boots on this charizard is but with solar power sun and this fire boosted move it does it has a two it has a 98% chance to two hit KO Chansey just in the sun which is stupid yeah and and a 60 like a two-third chance to two hit KO Toxapex after it recovers black sludge damage so i mean that's stupid that's yeah. just crazy and even then that's that's timid it looks like though know, you would you'd always want to run timid but like if you wanted to swap yeah. to modest like I'm pretty They're sure that would down. kill the and two hit. That would guarantee the two hit KO for that. Mm-hmm. Or even yeah. just go life for blood orb. and switch to a life orb. Yeah. yeah. Or like specs that. even. Well, specs wouldn't work as G Max. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So you right. life orb. Yeah. But yeah, like you could. There's a couple little tweaks here and there you could do to make those a uh, bit more guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Even maybe a 10 percent fire boosting item like charcoal. Yeah, you can slap charcoal on. That would probably guarantee the chancy. And he's got scorching mm-hmm. sands now, so he's got max uh, quake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fun, fun, fun. Gosh. Charizard yeah. comes for yet another meta. Fun in the sun. <laughs> Charizard's <laughs> just being silly. Uh, but yeah, for overall, that's really the only big change that's happened in the last month. Not a lot of people are doing Ubers yet because there just aren't a lot of Ubers to pick from. 
soon soon give it a couple months if if that like third week of october leak is correct then we don't have too much longer so we'll find out so transitioning from there to ou the magirna ban happened so surprise i know that's not too much of a shock (laughs) and uh the surprise actually came from the fact that Cinderace was banned at the same time without a suspect test. It was just quick banned at the exact same time as Magirna. But they did promise that it will come back for a retest, but they wanted to do the quick ban thing because, you know, with DLC, you only have a certain amount of time. They knew that was an issue from tournament use from the surveys they've put out to people who are playing they knew that was the next thing and they knew it was likely going to get banned so they're finally kind of taking the approach of why waste the time which you know there's mixed feelings about but i i prefer (laughs) this to gen 7 where they just didn't yeah that thing got banned yeah yeah bonkers things that should have a long time ago like cartana were still there so yeah, I'm sad Elmer Fudd came to town. Uh, he took my bunnies away. I was really sad about Cinderace just because he's such a core on my team, but I get mm-hmm. it. I get Magirna. I voted for Magirna to stay, but it did, I knew it didn't matter. But I'm sad <laughs> Cinderace is gone. Uh, just, I figure he'll be back at some point or another. I, I feel like they could... have they, Do they ban abilities sometimes? Like, would they ban Libra no. and Call of Good? They no, generally they, no, they would not. They like I think there was one was no it was the baton pass that was the complex ban they did it was like oh you can do that but you can't pass stats and then they just got rid of it in the long run yeah yeah or Moody like they ban Moody because that by itself is uncompetitive Libero is not like it doesn't make Bidoof broken but True. Moody does True <laughs> so that like that that's the threshold that you have to get to to banning an ability and you know they came close there was a lot of discussion about it with um, Darmanitan. Yeah, Galar form, uh, but they went with the entire thing, and they're setting that precedent. So no, unfortunately, no. That's fair. I'll miss him. Yeah. Goodbye, buddy. That's why we'll never get a we'll get Blaze and or Blaze Blaziken ever. That's never going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, like, but Blaze who knows? It's good, but it's subpar. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Speed Boost Blaziken now that both Baton Pass and Megas are gone. So hey, that would I, I'd be okay with that actually. Yeah, we'll find out if the leaks are true. Uh, this October. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, the next kind of... because We have to do the Cinderace retest. That is locked in as the next suspect, quote-unquote, suspect that happens. We don't know when that's going to be. We've just heard soon. It might be the day after this podcast comes out, knowing my luck. But we'll find out. Uh, outside that, people are starting to already set their targets on the next thing to go. And the biggest one to talk about that people are talking about is Toxapex. Because I mean, it, it makes sense, really. Because, you know, it's an unbreakable wall, in a sense. We've done a lot of things to hit offensive teams. So why not try looking at defensive teams, too, for once? And... There are a lot of factors in the meta right now that lead to Toxapex being kind of an overbearing force. For example, there are no Megas, so it is now free to run knockoff and do something much more supportive to the team than only toxicing things. So that's a that's a thing. Another the- thing is there's no Z moves to just randomly burst it out. Like Volcarona loved to carry Psychium Z in order to just knock a Toxapex off of its off of its momentum or whatever. And can't do that anymore. And finally, there are 
some big counters that used to exist that just flat out don't anymore. Things like Glyscore, once it got its Toxic Orb popped off, it could just eat Toxapex all day long. Or Landorus could come in and really threaten it. Like, it could not absorb a hit from that. Or current counters, things like or checks or counters or whatever they might exist but they have to adapt themselves in order to stay relevant in ou at the moment uh finch fink and fin, finchinator <laughs> i can't he did a video the other day about toxapex specifically and a lot of what he mentioned you know this counters toxapex but it can't right now because it currently has to counter something else an example that he cited was like clefable could teleport out of an incoming Toxapex because they like to come in on Clef and go to a wall breaker that could deal with it. But right now, Clefable can't afford to run Teleport. It's got to run fully defensive kind of supportive sets because Urshifu Single Strike exists. And that constrains team building to the point that Toxapex really, really thrives. It also, like, to counter Urshifu specifically, you have to run Mandibuzz plus Toxapex or some other regenerator. So that just makes it ever ever present you'll always see it because you have to run that core or else your team will just die to the panda so soapbox aside (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah speaking of which clefable's at 50 percent use again corviknight has suddenly started to take over mandibuzz now that now that um magirna and cinderace are gone because corviknight's really good on stall because of pressure uh mandibuzz is great on glue but Pressure helps actually actually stall things. It can absorb a wicked strike or two too, and really drain those power points out of it. Um, on the topic of Urshifu, bulk up is rising because if you catch a bulk up out of the out of nowhere, that breaks apart the regular cores, <laughs> which is just gross. I'm not surprised. That was the last set I was running on him uh, when I was playing OU, uh, just because it was there's a lot of opportunities to get it off because the people are usually going to predictively pivot into something else so if you get the bulk off off and you have the right move for whatever they send in it gets real messy really quickly mm-hmm. yeah and just whatever that third move is determines what can actually come in on you so yep. and you can lure them in with the regular moves and pop off that surprise third coverage move uh finally two little fun trends on the ladder in ou rillaboom has started to go bananas ah especially on offensive teams though it's really giving a lot of support to those it by itself is incredibly lethal with that grassy terrain boost and just swords dancing or even choice banding but mostly swords dancing um, it allows halucha to exist uh, it pivots with u-turn it can knock off support even swords dance superpower to catch surprise ferrothorns trying to come in on grassy glide uh, it's part of the reason that Corviknight is rising. It's part of the reason Ferrothorn is still there, and also part of the reason that Tangrowth and Amoongus are going crazy. You just have to watch out for the increasing popularity Grassy Seed Acrobatics sets, though. If it gets a Swords Dance with that... Like, if you see one come in and it pops a Grassy Seed, red flag. <laughs> you can't send out your Tangrowth or Amoongus. Um, it also leads to Kamo o rising because it can not only counter Rillaboom defensively, it can also kind of counter Urshifu and Aegislash a little. So, the other fun thing coming around is Sun. That's just got so much momentum behind it. It's better than Rain, which is not something I thought I would say about Sun. It finally has the tools to be better than Rain. So, Weatherball Charizard with Specs 
is one of the grossest things. If you can get it off in OU right now, everything goes down. Nothing survives. It feels like fiery Dracovish. Yes. It, it's the punish button for sun. If you pivot into it, something goes down. If they don't have flash fire, something goes mm-hmm. down. And they aren't even running heavy duty boots on it. Like McGee said, they're running specs on it just for the maximum go for blood. And they're doing alternate hazard control. Things like Hatterene and Zatu are finding their ways both of which appreciate the sun with heat wave and uh, mystical fire. Yep. So there's a lot of ways that sun is having a lot of fun in OU right now. And it's it's really cool. Venusaur is cool and Charizard's cool on the same team. It's fun. Poor Blastoise. <laughs> Poor Blastoise. It, I mean, it was banned in Nat decks. So, I mean, there's that, mm-hmm. I guess. Why, why were they banned anyway. in Nat decks? Just curious. Was it just Shell Smash or was it... Shell Smash in combination with the fact that they allow Megas down there. Oh, so, oh never mind. Okay. Mega okay. Blastoise Mega. Shell yeah. Smash. Yeah. No, no, that, that, that's, not, <laughs> that's not healthy. That's not healthy. Why, why do people want Megas back? We don't want that. I do. You want? I'm tired of seeing knockoff. <laughs> like, Pokemon Go has them now. Why can't we? Yeah. <laughs> I like Megas, but that's disgusting. Like, no. Mm-hmm. I... I mm. Maybe I'll just go play Ubers. I'd rather see something like that than... Yeah. I mean, you got G-Max. That's basically the same thing. But anyway, Shamu, tell us a little bit about what's going on in UU. Okay, so there were two bands. We've got Diggersby and Venusaur. Venusaur, I assume, is just Sun was too strong in UU, because... Yeah, Ninetales could be there. Yeah, Yeah, Ninetales and Charizard are both UU from what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And then just with Venusaur, it's just... That's kind of disgusting. Mm-hmm. Is Weather um, Dead in UU now? Like, I know they banned Rain when Pelipper dropped. Uh, I, don't, um, I think Sun is still think, active. Technically, I think you can also use Politoed. Okay, I wasn't sure if they banned... Okay, I thought they banned Rain altogether. I they think banned. they banned Drought, specifically. I, I, I'd have to remember. I, I'm i sorry, I don't remember. No, exactly. it's fine. It's UU. You're yeah. forgiven. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, and then I assume Diggers B is just a good old huge power generic. Like, Diggory does what Diggory does. You just throw, yep. you have huge power, max attack, and you do quick attack, earthquake, and you just sweep. Mm-hmm. And so, they've been banned. Or, oh, it says rebanned, I see here. So they've been rebanned. Yeah. <laughs> they were in UUBL for a little bit, so they were banned for a little, they were unbanned for a couple weeks, and then they were just like, nope, these are too much still, so. I see. <laughs> Fun times. And then, I don't think Diggersby made it out of the day, to be honest. I think it was, like, really quick with Diggersby. It was definitely less than, like, four days. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Shane, I keep cutting you off. It's all right. Uh, but they're currently suspect... Or, Jirachi is currently being suspect tested, which honestly makes sense. It's just... Jirachi does more things than a Pokemon should be able to do. Uh-huh. Especially with a Steel Psychic type. Like, if it's just one type, sure, yeah, like... Like, Mew is kind of fine, because, yeah, it's everything, but you're just dealing with Psychic. Steel Psychic's a bit, uh, that Steel Typing helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of things. Yeah. You have Wish, U-Turn. Like, you've got, spe- like, you have choice sets with U-Turn and such. You can do Serene Grace Ugh. hacks with Iron Head. You've got, it just <laughs> does so much. It's almost like Greninja, but instead of, like, coverage, it just can do anything. You see it, you don't know what it's going to do until it does something. Like, until it clicks that first move, you have no idea what this mod will do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh... Most people like with such uh, call mindsets, I guess, are what's being discussed. Yeah, right that's now. what a lot of people are having a lot of problems with, especially you know, if you want to take advantage of Serene Grace, you have the Iron Head, 
but then all of a sudden your coverage moves in Calm Mind or your primary moves, they have secondary effects as well. Mm. So you can just really go to town with that and just the, the extra chance for a burn from something or that is all just they even ran a better. Pair of hacks, etc. The yeah. flash cannon drop. Yeah. Already dealing with the boost of stats and with the possibility of something else just making you not not susceptible but like just uh, just hampering you even further than you already are with the yeah it's just it's it's one harder without being without tempt, well not without trying to be one harder it's just yeah there was that one that really wrecked me that we talked about last month in OU where it's like meteor beam psychic and something else oh, <laughs> that was that tore me apart aura sphere i think was one of the moves bonkers uh, surprise oh. meteor beams are scary yeah. Meteor Beam is a scary move. I wish, like, certain, like, Starbeam with Meteor Beam is a scary thing to me, but it's not a good mod, really, for that. Like, it's, it's good, but it's just, like, it's Someone to took right off to in a game last week on Draft League with a Meteor Beam. Was it FAC? Maybe FAC. Someone did, someone went wild with it. It was wow. fun to watch. It's really good with the plus one. It just makes it do a lot more than it should. Mm-hmm. But also, when you, you, you've got Specs Curum doing some, major damage with 125 base special attack with specs i can see it just breaking walls left and right plus you also get yeah. ice coverage you have dragon coverage if you need it just some hit hard her hit hard neutrally like draco or something so you just you click the draco you kill something just about or if mm-hmm. not kill something you're doing enough to have th- weaken it for something else to come in and just finish it off also gets earth power two and roost if you want to even though it has specs you can still click roost on a safe turn if you have it um but yeah, that's doing damage. Then also flip turn Spectragalgy. On that, the topic of dropping Dracos. <laughs> yeah. Some good old adaptability Dracos with, I don't even know what's a special attack. It's, it's around the same, isn't it? It's like 97 it is, or really? something like that. It's yeah. a special yeah. attack. I could have sworn I it was higher than that. I feel like it's like maybe 121 I'm or something. I think you're thinking Noivern. I think it's like 120 something. Noivern's got nothing. Like Dracology is a 97. Wow. No way. You're I just so looked bad. it up. Straight up 97. Why are you so bad, Dragalgy? It has to have something else. What else is it? It's special, like? it's special defense is 123. That was its big thing. But adaptability uh, makes that feel like it's coming off of something yeah. a lot more yeah. powerful. Yeah. So you've got the special defense. You've got, like, decent stats overall, too. So, like, your flip turn's not going to hit for nothing. It's just you're still using flip turn. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so it's essentially... It's kind of like Clothzer in a way. How Clothzer would play, like, you just run, like, a U-turn on it just to have that option to pivot out. Yep. The only difference here is that you've got just a, the, your Poison and Dragon will hit much harder, and then you have more special bulk. Mm-hmm. So, and you have a, well, you've got the Dragon typing to help out with some of the elemental stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's really fun. Just come and take a hit and pivot out, and just very, yeah, that's, that's solid. And then, uh, there's a little fun guy... That I've come to love recently. That's doing a, that it's got it's got an hour roll here and there. It's kind of forgotten. <laughs> We've got Pinkerchin. <laughs> good old good old electric terrain, and with a little ride shoe there with rising voltage. It's just that all that makes that thing just strong already. And with Pinkerchin, it gets hazards, it gets spikes. You can get scald or discharge if you want to, like just throw burn and a, or paralysis on just something that's. Just to get the extra status and do a bit of damage, mm-hmm. and then you it can also run rising voltage. It's got fairly balanced stats, like and it can surprisingly taste things it shouldn't be able to take. Like from experience, yeah. like it, it, <laughs> it lives something that I 
didn't think it would, was just fairly defensive investment. Um, but you essentially, if you're running this, you're running it with a Lolan Raichu. You don't want to run it solo. Like, yeah. It's, it's not, it doesn't do good on its own. It's a good support mod for the electric terrain to boost your Lolan Raichu that you're already running. Does he get Volt Switch? I believe it does. I okay. Could be wrong. I, I mean, slow not positive. I'm gonna check that up real quick because I'm just not entirely sure on that. Because you don't usually run it, but I think you can if you wish. Pin Kirchen. Does not get it by my research. Ah. So it does not get it, but it does get some other. Like, you do get recover if you want to. You get some other random moves you can have fun with. Memento. You, yeah, you have Memento. <laughs> you can do, like, you can slap a Thunder Wave on it if you don't want to worry about p- with uh, Discharge. Hey, if you want Toxic Spikes, you get Toxic Spikes too, but Spikes is probably better, and then Sucker Punch too. Like, it's got an Such attack Such a weird that, Pokemon. Yeah, because, like, if you're running this, you're not running Speed Investment. What? That 15 isn't good enough to get up? No, no, not, <laughs> not yet. You gotta run a jo- Like, run a Jolly, maybe. maybe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, Max but, speed, level 100, Pinchurchin can hit 141 speed. <laughs> Top tier. But yeah, like it's got like it also gets sucker punch with a one on one attack stat. Which is like yeah. that that could do something here and there. I don't honestly don't know what's in UU that would want to not take that at the moment, but we'll get Jirachi. Choice band Pinkerton versus Jirachi. <laughs> maybe next year or later in this year, who knows, maybe. There we go. But uh, but yeah, with also Jirachi being tested and like it, it the popularity Jirachi. Uh weakness policy Titar has uh come out of the come out of the cave, I guess. I don't know. Where <laughs> it lives. So now it running. lives in you you sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see with this oh, okay. So yeah, the weakness policy Titar with hundred and four attack, you're running special defensive bulk with one ninety two points invested in that, and then two twelve in speed, which I assume it outspeeds something or some base I personally don't know uh i know that max speed plus one outspeeds jolly one like outspeeds max 115s because i remember i used to run Ch- scarf tar yeah in gen 4 against starmie um so that would probably outrun like 113 or okay. so yeah because jolly 110, was that uh 212 speed with stone edge crunch earthquake and dragon dance so essentially you just click dragon dance you can hope you get hit by the uh i assume you live a plus one or something from jirachi with the sand up with a flash mm-hmm. cannon yeah you ain't going down yeah yeah and so you trigger the weakness policy and then with the dragon dance turn one you just start sweeping yeah or or absorb an iron head maybe and just yeah. go to town that's a fun set there especially with like countering the, the calm mind jirachi oh uh-huh that's fun all right, that's kind of you, you. Uh, take us through RU, Miggy. Yeah, so we got three bands that have happened in RU. Uh, Lanoon, again, because apparently, shockingly, Belly Drum is a bit of a problem to check when it has extreme speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would have guessed? The answer. No. I appreciate they gave it a second chance, though, after all the craziness. But yeah. yeah. Nope, still too much. Broken is broken. Sharpedo, same deal. Uh, sit there, protect, outspeed everything. Good solid attack, go to town. Uh, Zorark, because it's got solid stats, and then the ability can be problematic to get around sometimes if you're not aware of where it is. So, again, things to be aware of. Uh, unbanned, though, things that are come getting some new life. Sentascorch, uh, doing Sentascorch things still down there. Barrascuta continues his decline. Poor guy. He was, <laughs> he was OU for a minute, once upon a time. 
Uh, Drampa, mm-hmm. Gudra, uh, Indidi Female, uh, Inteleon, Ninetales, Sigalyph, and Virizion. Um, Virizion was voted on, but it was not banned. Um, Sense of Scorch is kept in check by Mantine because Mantine just eats it alive with both of its stabs. Um, Specs Strigology does nicely here uh, because it's got, well, what's its fighting move, Oris here? Uh, focus Blast. Focus. Oh. <laughs> it's got Focus Miss. Um, but that's yep, okay. Big old asterisk there, but whatever. <laughs> uh, sand is powerful, and Lycanroc is appreciative of such sand. It gives his not so great special defense a little extra help. And then uh, the Klawitzer terrain. So the Shemu, the Shemu PDL team. Klawitzer and terrain is very solid because his mega launcher boosted terrain pulse is quite alarming. <laughs> Does a good chunk. You know, doubling damage, then like also just, oh, you have the terrain boost too. Like, oh, and the mega launcher. Oh, oh, um, hmm. And it wasn't not like quite. an awful, his special attack's solid, right? Like it's not true. Oh, it's like 125, 120. It's, it's up there. It's one yeah, something. it hurts. It's high. You I wasn't. hit the speed and like offense and like, Essentially, it's like instead of giving a uh, Dragology offense, they gave it special defense. So, like for context, a Pinkerchen, So, if Pinkerchen sets electric terrain, and then Klawitzer uses terrain pulse, it hits bef- just with the boost of the terrain alone. It hits as like a one thirty three base power attack that gets a fifty percent boost because of his ability. So, it's hitting at like a two hundred base power. That's that's nasty. If my math's right, my math might be wrong here. I th- I think you're about right. It's, yeah, it's, it's around there. That's a lot. If you, especially if you have specs on there too, that's a lot of damage. Yeah, things you start to out damage your own stab moves at that point. Exactly. So Clawitch is good. Uh, surprise, surprise. And that's largely what's going on in RU. Things are kind of finding their homes now a bit. Now that we're about two months removed from Isle of Armor, so the lower tiers are getting more settled. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take the last couple. NU, not really a whole lot of movement. Nothing was banned or unbanned. Uh, people are discovering the ugly, nasty core of Specs Decidui and Scarf Toxicroak together, and yeah. they're kind of patching up the bits that it leaves behind with something like a Swords Dance Sylvalli ground type. So, very lethal core, and then Sylvalli just kind of rounds it out even more. Uh, down in this tier, it's all about pivoting. Lots of things, in fact, like two-thirds of the things on the viability list frequently run some sort of pivot move, be that, you know, U-turn, Volt Switch, Teleport, even Flip Turn teleport in some cases. Magneton? Teleport Magneton? Teleport Magneton. He has Volt Switch and he's tele. I get why, I get why, but, like, that's crazy. It's safe for them mm-hmm. to actually pivot, because they don't want the damage, they just want to switch. Or yeah. if they, if you're worried about them switching in a ground type to completely cancel it. That's the other thing. That's true. That's fair. But yeah, there's there's things like Golurk, which uses Trick. Decidui uses U-Turn. A lot of choice things are really big on the pivoting. There's lots of choice wall breakers down here. Uh, there's a bunch of Sylv ally forms, so they've got parting shot all over the place. Like, it, it's pivoting to the point that people are talking about, hey, do we need to look at this? Like, do we need to... Because no one Mon is a problem at the moment, which is why there were no bans or unbans. It's the style. It's the style, exactly. And that's kind of when we get into this topic here today. That's more about laddering, but, you know, you've got to pick your style and know what your style is. So 
It's kind of appropriate for today. There's also a whole lot more Stealth Rock users down here now that they finally started falling. Uh, Colossal, Cough Egregious Galar, uh, whoa, Claydol, whoa, and Mudsdale. Whoa. He's got a name. It's Runarigus. Oh my gosh, you're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> Poor guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so... I guess starting today, Seth is now lost battle cast and PvE I have completely... I... Wow. You brought dishonor to the Puckle name. Oh, my word. What am I doing with my life? Like, of all of them, though, that one's the most excusable. Like, let's be real. It's fair. I mean, like, why does he amass any another line to evolve into? I get it. Like, why? Yeah. It, it makes sense. <laughs> why didn't they just make it Egregious too? Like, what? Because, uh, I mean, like, Cursula is a whole different Pokemon that didn't exist before, but it, mm, never mind. Never mind. Oh, well. Anyway, now I'm mad about that, now that I actually think about it. Like, why is this a Pokemon that... Mm. Anyway... PU. Moving on. New tier. <laughs> Before I embarrass myself further, two things were banned in PU. Those are Flapple and Thievil. Uh, one thing was unbanned. That was Gorgeist Super. Why that was unbanned with Poltergeist accents now, I have no idea. Um, two things are kind of on people's radar right now. One is Lilligant. And that is mainly because it can run Quiver Dance, Pedal Dance, you know, with own tempo to make that basically just a free... 120 base power move over and over again and the thing that people are really annoyed about is the sleep powder access which is part of the reason that butterfree was banned from this tier because butterfree was too much for a tier let that sink in but (laughs) (laughs) the sleep powder to just completely invalidate what would be a counter is what annoys people lilligant by itself isn't broken per se but if it gets the right hacks off it can quickly snowball out of control if it gets a couple lucky turns of something it's counter being asleep and just sets up more quiver dances to break past it that's the that's where the problem is this combo was part of the reason that butterfree was banned but lilligant fortunately does not have compound eyes so that makes it a little bit more balanced from the hacks factor uh it just has own tempo that you've got to watch for um, the other thing on people's radar is just more discussions about Rapid Ash Galar. Yeah, that's a Galar form. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no comment. Uh, but yeah, it, it's probably not going to be banned. It's probably not too much at the moment, but it, it's basically omnipresent on offensive teams. So it's it's something that keeps those together. It's very good. So that's just kind of what's on the radar. But yeah, that is tier time so we're gonna leave you guys right here and we'll pick you back up with the topic about laddering which is actually a really exciting topic so we will be right back all aboard it's time for the topic and welcome back to the topic and today we are going to be talking about not a tier not a specific style or anything but something that applies to pretty much everywhere that you're doing that and doing any kind of battles online or in a video game sense and that is laddering now you can do laddering you know obviously there's the smogon laddering that happens there's the battle spot stadium laddering that happens there's even you know the the battle tower laddering that's kind of laddering so we're gonna we've got mcgee here and he's well known throughout puckle as being you know the ladder king in a sense so 
I guess. I mean, I, I like to play a meta and I like to take a team as far as I can. And sometimes that leads me towards or at one point to the top. And so I, I find myself a little, a little knowledgeable on it and how frustrating it can be and how fun it can be though. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, laddering really just kind of like as a very basic thing is just trying to climb a ranking system as high as you can climb it. Um, whether that be online on, on the cart with like battle stadium singles or VGC or doing any of the dozens of Smogon formats is just trying to take a team and bring it all the way to the top or as far as you can, uh, because it's from experience, it's very, 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 very difficult to get something all the way to the top. There are so mm-hmm. many things that can go wrong. Um, but it's the pursuit that makes it very exciting and fun. And so, um, I thought it'd be fun to talk about it, and I proposed it to Seth and I'm glad he said yes. Yeah, I, I love this idea and I love just kind of taking a moment when we're kind of in a lull as far as things going on because we're all kind of anxiously waiting for Crown Tundra and everything. And between you having made it and Shamu and I being absolutely 100% addicted to using our memes, <laughs> <laughs> we've got kind of a good balance of, of people here. So I see that you've got something here that you've come up with, the three M's of laddering. Would you explain that to us? Yeah, so um, it's kind of a way I think about it when I'm when I'm approaching any situation where I want to try to push a ladder. Um, I try to approach it with these three M's in mind, which is the meta. So what am I playing? You know, am I playing VGC? If I'm playing VGC, obviously, it's a whole different thing. We got Dynamaxing. We've got two mods on the field. Um, so I like to break meta down as like its own acronym. So meta being most effective tactics available. So understanding what works really, yeah. really well in that format and then trying to use that or uh, exploit against that if you're going to play opposite the meta as best as possible. Um, so I always keep that in mind when I'm team building. Uh, what is the most effective tactics available and how do I want to use them or work around them? Um, obviously you have to consider the mods you're using the Pokemon you're using. I broke it down so I can keep the M's here. Um, (laughs) are you, you, you can't just throw any six OU mods together and you have a good OU team. Uh, some things mesh really well together. Rillaboom with, um, several things. Cursed bird. Yes. Uh, Rillaboom can mesh well with a lot of things. Um, things like Mandibuzz and Clef Fable form really strong cores. And so you have to, you have to understand what your team building is and uh, what six mods are going to complement each other the most. And then obviously, and this is the big thing that really can affect people when they're trying to ladder is keeping a good mentality because it's really, really, really easy to get tilted after two Ugh. or three rough. Ru- it's one thing to lose at like, you know, 1200 on ladder. I know ladder starts at 1000 and for the active ladders, it usually exceeds 2000. It's one thing to lose a couple of games at 1200 and be like, well, they were some weird meme teams. I got caught off guard. It's whatever. It's another when you lose a game at like 1900 and you lose another game and then you went from rank 50 all the way down to like 250 and it can yeah. just be really debilitating. So trying to keep a strong mentality and trying to take it one game at a time and not get too affected by the loss you just had and is trying to get trying to keep calm and stay on track. And so those are the things I approached laddering with. Those are the kind of three things I'm always considering when I'm going to try at something, whether it be VGC, whether it be BSS, OU, uh, monotypes. Um, there was this really, <laughs> there was this really weird one where you get six random mods with six random movesets and you pick one and you verse. No, I can't even remember what it's called. I think cap, something like that. CAP. Oh, I no, challenge, challenge cup, challenge right? Cup. Challenge cup. Challenge one. Okay. Yeah. I did that once. That's just our fun. favorite. <laughs> Uh, just when you need a break, but you still want to kind of try to ladder in something that's largely random. Um, oh, those Challenge Cup 1v1 is such a glorious meta. <laughs> oh. 
How you and I, Shamu, have gone through like twenty of those in in an evening at least, just back and forth. Twenty of them, like like twenty minutes. It's there. It's fat, and it's just like it's just a good night. Like yeah, it's just like oh, you want to have fun with some friends? Just go on to Challenge Cup one v one and just oh god, the the sets you get there. Sometimes rollout whimsicott is your best option. Like. <laughs> that's that's kind of how those go. Yeah, you'll get some uh, some good old jank, and it's a fun time. It might give you an idea yeah. or two to make something work. Honestly, yes. Like I've gotten ideas from things that we've done there. Yeah. <laughs> so things like that are good to roll off to if you're having a frustrating work couple of games and something. Just roll off to a really silly format. Take your mind off of it. Just throw in a randoms or a challenge cup or. Uh, go entirely to something different. Sometimes I'm really frustrated with OU. I'll slide over to VGC just because it's, it's very different. And you feel like it, it rather than 40 turns of intense concentration, you're down to five and it's, yeah, it's much more relaxing. So bouncing around sometimes helps a lot. I found if you're having, if you're meant if you feel like your mentality is slipping, uh, try take a break, switch it up, go somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. like challenge cup. It's good. Oh yeah. And I even do that like for my own, laddering purposes except i typically jump from like if i really want to clear my head i will jump from smogon laddering to just ptcgo and do a couple games there to really change up what i'm looking at like that's that's somewhere where you see dedene all the time and you never would see dedene <laughs> on a ladder so you don't even see the same pokemon that's a good way to clear your head if you have the um, ability and everything like that to do that. But yeah, I definitely agree with you completely on hopping to another format if you start to get really out of sorts. Because um, that can that can be that can lead to toxicity in your own playing that both makes you easier to predict and you makes know, you you'll get angry and angry. Yeah, exactly. You'll start to take risks you shouldn't have because you're angry. Because you're trying to bounce so. back quicker than just playing it smart, and so you, you'll do you'll do riskier things. You'll try for you'll try for things without properly scouting out in advance to get a read on the player, and so you'll you'll end up making a lot of mistakes. I think people underestimate the value of having a good mental approach to a game, especially if you're trying to climb a ladder. And if you undervalue that, you tend to struggle very quickly, in my experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so you've mentioned a couple different things about like the ladder or whatever you'd like the 1200 or the yeah 1500 so tell you know that's the smogon format as far as just where you are in the ladder with the rating system and um so tell us a little bit more you've climbed all the way to the top in numbers that i have never seen in my life so oh yeah number one in the you- doubles gen 7 ou the very popular <laughs> format that i didn't that i did while gen 8 was active so of course everyone was playing it but I did hit number three in OU. So like I, I have played with the current meta and, and, had, and had some success. Um, so the thing to understand with laddering is that as you climb it, teams are going to evolve, whether this be on Smogon or on cart. If you were playing, you know, at the 1000 to 1300 level on Smogon, or if you're playing Pokeball tier on cart, it's going to be a lot of memes and a lot of unoptimized teams. So heck yeah. So things like double, um, if you're playing BSS, <laughs> they are going to show up everywhere because it has some fun things. It's got cotton guard. It's got body press. It's got, um, baton pass, but it also dies to fire blast every single time. Uh, but they'll try it. They'll try it in that tier because players aren't playing as smart and they think they can get away with it. And to a degree they can. So you'll see a lot of memes in the lower tiers and then you'll see, um, 
you'll see a lot of hyper offense in like the 1000 to 1300 range. You'll see a lot of people that are just trying to set up a bunch of win conditions right off, right after each other. So you'll get dragon dead Gyarados, you'll get clinker soul Como. you'll get um, mm. anything, anything that can do a sweep. We'll try a sweep. You'll run into teams. I just have six of those. Um, and then you'll see some, and then something you'll see throughout pretty much the whole game. And something that I always recommend running is bulky offense. Just, you know, you have some solid bulk on your team. You have some healers, things that can take some hits. You're not a bunch of fragile sweepers. You've got some bulk to come in and pivot around and switch around and um, endure a game. And so that does well here. It's going to do well up the ladder as well. Um, but once you start climbing, you'll start to hit to like a 1300 point ladder. And that's where you'll start to see. And I'll, I'll say 1300 on Smogon and I'll say like great ball tier to ultra ball tier on cart. You'll start mm-hmm. to see more solid teams. Um, one thing you'll run into is players aren't always playing consistently. So they might have a good team, but they'll do silly things or they won't read a situation. Right. And so you'll, you'll run into that where you're like, wow, this team's going to kick my butt. And then they just make three mistakes in a row. And you're like, well, I shouldn't have won that game. Um, but that yeah. just, that kind of comes with where you're at on the tier. And then sometimes a person will do three crazy things in a row that they should definitely not have done. And it'll work out in their favor. Uh, so this is 1300 to 1600 is one of the most frustrating spots on ladder because you run into all sorts of competence and you can't, it's really hard to pigeonhole what you're playing early on. And so you can run into a lot of games where you're like, I sh- I'm going to win this one or I should win this one. And then they do something weird and crazy. And you're like, Oh yeah. God, uh, because this is where not only you see the hyper offense, cause that's always a thing, but this is also where uh, I'm going to quote Seth or quote Seth's term here. You'll see a lot of spice rack teams, teams that are running a mon <laughs> that does something really weird and peculiar and it's not easy to scout out and it'll just take off and it'll sweep <laughs> through your team. And then yeah. If you get through the 1600 thing, things start to normalize pretty quickly. Um, most players are very consistent at that point. They're going to play. They're going to play logically. They're going to have a, a solid team that doesn't have any obvious exploitable weakness. And this is kind of where stall really, really takes off. So um, if you get to 1600 and a ladder, you don't have a good answer to stall. Uh, that's probably where you're going to max out because that just gets to be oppressive. You'll see Amoongus, Tangela, Toxapex, Ferrothorn, um, Clefable and like Corviknight all on the same team, and you just have to break like children. It. And they're just running haze and unaware and toxic and sleep powder, and they're just going to stall you out, make it last 150 turns until you are angry at the world. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of what I tend to see. And 1600 also like applies, you know, Master Ball on cart. So if you're really shooting for that top position on cart, uh, not that that's much easier. Um, it. it you run into the same things um, in terms of play styles, maybe not the same team builds, but the same play styles where players know what they're doing. They're playing consistently. You can't bank on them doing silly things anymore. You can't bank on um, them making Im- illogical decisions or not seeing you prepping for a sweep. Uh, you just got to anticipate they're going to play smart and see what you're trying to do. And you have to make smart reads and work around them. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I would add in one whole one big factor to the 1300 to 1600 ranking mm-hmm. um, that I've come across just in my own building where I come up with an idea. You know, I start off a new ladder account or whatever. I have a thought that I've fashioned in my own head and that gets me to like 1200 or so. Mm-hmm. And so then from there, I start to reference other people's work who might have, you know, come up with the same weird set or something like that and really refined it found out good partners for it and i find a team on you know on on smogon somewhere or something like that in my frame of mind it's always smogon ou for the most part um so i find a team someone else has built and i try that and that's kind of where the 1300 to 1600 is for me is where people 
not only are coming up with their own teams and really figuring out what takes momentum, but also grabbing shared teams from forums or YouTube videos or something like that and trying it out for themselves, which is why you, when you mentioned like someone might make a mistake three times that they shouldn't have, it's not their team or they're learning that team where they're learning how those mons work, what they can hit, what they can't hit that kind of. No, that's a hundred percent accurate. I, I, I can't disagree with that at all because sometimes what I do and I run into the same problem is I'll pluck a team. Uh, when I don't, so when I, I'm picking up like gen seven OU right now, I'm trying to learn that a little bit and I'm not familiar with it at all. And so the most logical thing to do, even if you're an experienced player is grab a sample team or something like that, that has had success as you try to figure mm-hmm. out the format and figure out what you like to use in that format. Um, and so 1300, you can, if you're a solid player, regardless of format, you can pluck a team and probably get to 1300 pretty easily and climb maybe all the way up to 1600. And that's where a team usually starts to fall apart. If you didn't build it just because you don't know all the little ins and outs. And, um, most likely the play style doesn't fully mesh with how you play. And so you start doing suboptimal things throughout the game and then it just starts to fall apart. But 1300 to 1600 is where a lot of sample teams, a lot of rental teams, a lot of other player teams will show up uh, because that's where most competent players will get if it's a team they didn't build. And sometimes they can take it farther, but usually 1600 is where a lot of people will peek out with the team that they didn't create. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so <clears throat> it's not only it's not only the Pokemon that you're facing, it's also the person on the other end of the computer, really. Um, because you're not, you're not just facing Pokemon. You're not an AI. You're facing a person who's clicking buttons at the same time as you are. And that's who your real opponent is. It's not the Halucha, even though I hate it and don't think it should exist. It's the person who made that team and is running it. So kind of like when you said earlier, where at, you know, the mid rank to 1600 plus, you start to get people who play logically or and can kind of plan out two or three turns ahead of where they are right now and have an end goal in mind and had one from team preview in mind. Things like that. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a team that knows their win con at that point. A yeah. team that knows what situation they need to create in order for their Pokemon to just win. Um, you know, and Halbuch is a very great example of a win con. If I take a couple of these mods below 50% and I come in safely on this, I click sword dance and I win the game and they can't stop it. So there's, there's situations like that. You're just trying to create as a player and you'll see a lot more consistent efforts of that at around 1600 where they understand it better. They're not going to risk their win condition until they absolutely have to. Exactly. And you know, you're in psychological warfare with these people. Oh yeah. In, in a sense, like you, you know, you've mentioned them making a mistake. There have been multiple games where I make a mistake on purpose. One that won't cost me the game, mind you, but one that just looks suboptimal. Mm-hmm. And I can I condition them to thinking that next time that happens, I will make that same mistake again. And then I take advantage of me conditioning them to that thing, like making a suboptimal switch two or three times that won't, again, won't lose me the game, but makes them think that I will do that every single time. And... Now that, it's, all su- it's, all- it's like the exact same thing like they do it once are they gonna do it again uh-huh will they, will they do well like will they go for that it's one of those things you have to take the risk of do i call them on that or do i let do i like go which way do i go do i continue with what i think will work or do i think they're gonna actually switch or click this move instead and you have to go from there because like for my personal like i usually like okay i see it once i flip the coin and see what they've done or like either flip the coin or i see what they've done throughout that battle and go like they will either do that again or not, and if they don't, I just say, okay, 
they do it here, they do it here, they don't, they don't, and I know for the rest of the battle what they're going to... Like, it, at that point, you know if they're actually just... They're bluffing, or if they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's the kind of same thing. But, you know, like, you either know, like, was that just an accident? You you figure out what kind of player they are, they are at that point. Once you see them either, in a way, learn from that mistake, if that makes sense. Like, if they if they either do the correct play the second time or not. Yeah, if they if they see what you've done and they, they make the corrections and you have a better gauge on their quality as a player. And I think that's the big thing you start to see. And the, the biggest hindrance for people trying to climb above like 1600 or a ladder or trying to make a good push into Master Ball is you have to realize what your habits are as a player and you have to see what your opponent is doing. You have to stop looking at just the 12 mon that are on the field. You have to start looking at the players that are controlling those Pokemon and deciding what moves are going to do and what actions does this person try to go for three hard reads in a row? Well, maybe I start calling that and making a hard switch on something because he's trying to go for whatever hard read it is and give him the opposite and set up and win. Or maybe he's always playing the safe option. And so you call him on the safe option. You do something bold and you start to sweep the game. So mm-hmm. it, it gets to that point where you need, if you're going to make that next step forward, you have to start looking at what the player's habits are. And if you're playing OU, especially, this is so doable because a most OU games, especially about this point in the ladder, are starting to get into the 40 plus turn range. So that gives you plenty of time to scout out what their play style is, how they lead, what kind of moves they're trying to use. Are they a looking like a bulky team, but they're surprisingly hyper offense? And then you find that out quickly. You You get a chance to kind of gauge the player a little bit and that can help you make smart moves because a lot of the first 10 to 20 turns in OU is just uh, poking and dodging and weaving and switching out and trying to poke little holes in the team. It's not a lot of it. it at that point, it stops becoming, you know, a 10 turn sweep for anybody. It's a longer game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's where things like double switch come into play where, you know, you convince them that you're going to stay in with this, but then you go to something totally different as they switch in their thing. That's, if you can master a good double switch, then you've made it. <laughs> that's, yes. That's kind of a threshold by itself. Um, but yeah, as a as a defensive player who likes to do a lot of things like that, I can really easily condition someone into thinking, okay, I see special attack, I switch in Chansey or whatever. But yeah. And then you switch in Urshifu on the chance. And then I switch in Urshifu on something <laughs> and else. Ch- and the chance is not having a good time anymore. Mm-hmm. But I double switched to Dragapult, so what are you going to do now? Ha ha. <laughs> but yeah, it it's things like that. Like always trying to be one step ahead, but also th- making them think you're one step behind. It, it That's kind of, you're playing a person. You're playing a human being on the other side of whatever device you're playing on. And you've got to both trick them and not be tricked yourself. And yeah, kind of going back into the meta thing, like there are different there are a lot of different popular things and popular play styles kind of you mentioned a few of them like when you were going over at 13 to 16 you see a lot of heavy offense and then starting of stall and the spice rack and you've really got to learn you know what meta you're in at that moment what's popular and how to counter it you know this is not us saying only go with the official viability rankings and only pick pokemon from that don't get us wrong we are not saying that but you have to take those into account when you're playing when you're laddering you have to know what you're most likely to face and make your plan accordingly yeah so i mean i broke 2000 with a quagsire on my team like it's you don't need to just strictly play ou you can run things that are outside of it which i think is where seth's kind of getting to is there's things that 
people undervalue and that they have extreme usage if you see a meta going one way. So when Urshifu first came out, everyone got scared and everyone ran hyper defense. Like everything was defensive. Uh, so you were seeing like teams with six Stallmons. And so my first reaction was, well, sub substitute Togekiss is very effective in this meta because mm-hmm. it outspeeds most of these things. Most of them have trouble breaking a sub. And then you just nasty plot and air slash to victory. And there's not a lot they can do about that. Um, so part of it is just getting a gauge on how people are reacting to changes in a meta. So now we've lost Cinderace and we've lost uh, Magirna in the last month. And those were very constant present threats in the OU metagame. And both of those made it very hard for Rillaboom to succeed. And they're gone. So Rillaboom is succeeding more now. And both of those caused trouble for Corviknight, who was a staple for a while and had really teetered off the last couple of months. But now Corviknight's back and strong because Corviknight isn't as easily checked anymore by those two things. So it's understanding. And if you can be early to that curve, you're going to be much better off as a player. If you understand, hey, this is gone, so this is going to do better now. Let me get it in now before everyone else realizes that it's going to be good again. You can go on some very high ladder runs with it before people start to realize how to check it. And that's usually most of my success. You know, I ran a Togekiss team with that Quagsire to uh, 2000 because people weren't checking Togekiss. They forgot it kind of existed. I mean, there was some, its biggest counter was a, um, oh God, Zero Aura, but Zero Aura wasn't the most popular thing at that moment. And so mm-hmm. it was, it was just getting in and causing trouble. And so, um, that's usually my most successful runs are when I see a, an opening in a meta and exploit that until people catch on. Um, and so that, that's when, you know, I think you've, I think that's the point you realize you've succeeded as like a, a ladder player is when you realize you can see a trend before the trend is like super popular and you can yeah. exploit it and make a good climb. Exactly. And, you know, if anything, some people might might call it being a meta slave or something like that. But if anything, you're the opposite because you see a vacuum and instead of filling that vacuum yourself, you attack the natural things that are going to fill that vacuum. That's your Togekiss example. Yes. So... You know, you're you, from the very beginning of the team construction, you're at level two, not level one, which is just replace what fill the vacuum with whatever or however it needs to be. So, well, absolutely. Yeah. There was a period, too, where IG slash with specs was really nice because people were so scared of Urshifu that Chansey wasn't really on the radar being run that much. And if uh-huh. there's no Chansey and there's not really any other normal type walls in the meta, you can, you can just scream out shadow balls with specs and nothing's happy. Um, mm hmm. So it's just, it's seeing little openings like that and be like, yep, this isn't here right now. Uh, here's what's no longer checked very well. Let me go abuse this until people catch on. Absolutely. And another thing is kind of knowing, um, there's a, d- knowing your win con. How are you going to actually knock out all six of their Pokemon? That's something that I oftentimes lose sight of. Like I, I start thinking, okay, I've got to, I've got to defend against this and I've got to defend against this. And I make a team and I start battling with it. And then I realize, shoot, I have no way to take advantage of a turn. <laughs> that, that is given to me i'm just all defensive like my my whole strategy is outlast i don't have a way to win actively that's something i struggle with a lot i mean i can be in the same boat sometimes where i'm i except on the exact opposite end where i'm like oh god i have nothing to check this i'm gonna lose because <laughs> um, that happens all the time for me i got i usually run like a, i usually run something like really bulky like a chancy but then they get a swords dance off on halucha and chancy's not doing anything chancy's just mm-hmm. feeding it a drain punch at that point and Chansey's going down. So I'm in the exact opposite boat of you where um, sometimes you lose sight of the the hole in your team and you let it get exploited too quickly and then you can lose the game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I had something else I wanted to say too. I forgot though. It'll come back to me. Sorry, Seth. Keep it'll going. it'll come along. No worries. <laughs> That's you know this is a kind of organic conversation on our experiences with laddering, and just kind of how what we've learned, what we've taken from our experience, and use use kind of what we've learned. We've kind of covered a lot of things here. Um, we hope we made it a little bit a little bit easier. A good one to reference as you you know attempt your next suspect test or something like that. By the time this one comes out, it's probably a little too late to jump in on the Jirachi UU one, but. You know, Cinderace will be close. Cinderace is happening. Yeah, exactly. That'll be happening pretty soon. Plus, you know, we're getting you ready for Crown Tundra when we'll probably have a a bunch of them once we get through the quick bands. I will say this. If you ever want to learn how to ladder high and ladder quickly, uh, coming in at a new meta is the best time to do it because you can grab something that you see as being exploitive and run with it really quickly and really high uh, before people realize how to check it reliably. So if you're if you're a player that you feel like you have good vision on what's going to be good in a meta and maybe not everyone sees it yet, that's the moment. Most of my highest ladder runs have been in the first couple of weeks after a uh, meta has drastically changed. So, you know, I finally broke 2000 ELO this year, which was the first time in seven years I've managed to do that. And so that mm-hmm. was right after Isle of Armor dropped. And so I, I just had a good sense of what was going to succeed in there, what was going to be a problem. And I ran with it and I had good success. I'm not doing as well now, um, in part because... Cinderace is gone. He's such a core to my team. Oh, there it is. I remembered. I remembered. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't put this in our notes, but I really wanted to mention it. Having Understanding what your play style is and what your core of your team is is really important. Core may be a Pokemon or it just may be a type, a, a, a role of a Pokemon uh, on your team. And having that is really, really important. Some people like to have a setup sweeper. Perfectly fine. Perfectly valid. Anywhere on ladder. Uh, but what kind of setup sweeper do you want to have? Do you want to have something like a a Como that runs belly drum that's super oppressive if you get it off, but has a much higher miss rate, or do you just want something that does like a dragon dance or a swords dance or something like that? So understanding what like your signature Pokemon or your signature um, mold of Pokemon is, is like really, really important. And it's one of the reasons I'm struggling with OU at the moment is I lost mine in Cinderace uh, just because mm-hmm. I like, I, I like throwing hazards back at somebody. I was running Hatterene for a while before Hatterene kind of lost viability. Um, I like being able to throw hazards back at somebody else for setting them up in front of me. Uh, because uh, again, on that team that I did really well with, I didn't even have stealth rock. I had no stealth rock. I had no defog. I had no rapid spin. All I had was a single Cinderace with court change. And so I would let them stack their hazards up. And then midway through after their hazard setter was gone or their defogger was gone, court changed them over. And then now they were suffering and Mm -hmm. that, that mod is gone for me now. And I'm having a really hard time adjusting to the meta. Um, so understanding, trying to find what that mod is for you is always really important. In my opinion, I think for Seth, it's something like Toxapex or Ferrothorn, a very core, hard to break wall that you can, um, just use as like a, a barrier that your opponent has to break through to win. If you take out that mod that can break through it, you win the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Shamu's is double. I I don't know. (laughs) Mine's just more of style. I prefer like hyper offense slash maybe like a little bit light balance like because like i can't do stall i can't really do balance offense that well but with, when it comes to, like hyper offense of just like pivoting switching moving around that's generally what i end up falling into mm-hmm. yeah because i can't even like i think what a summer league team i was so much more comfortable with because it was just hyper offense with pivoting with like b drill and stuff it was just like, <laughs> it was, like I, I could do better with that on the ladder than an actual meta team because it's just hyper offense and it was just pivoting around and it was just strong it was just so it's like I, that's yeah. more my thing. It's just hyper offense generally. The team I hit number one on ladders with a double seven, double doubles OU Gen seven was just five pivot moves, two fake out users. It was just nonstop 
uh, mods moving around. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I definitely respect that play style. If you can really exploit it with whatever the meta is, it's really hard to handle and it can be really oppressive. Um, I don't think OU's allowed for it as much so far this gen. But eh, it's, it's getting there bit by bit. I mean, it teleports the big one right now uh, just because it teleports so reliable. But again, as you we were talking about earlier, Clef's really heavily restricted right now just because of what it yeah. has to handle. Um, that teleport's kind of taken a dive except for Slowbro. And, and Blissey now, too. That's oh, I forgot thing. about Heavy Duty Boots Blissey. Oh, I forgot about half that my, one. Half my current OU team runs Heavy Duty Boots. <laughs> <laughs> which, this this kind of transitions to the last point that um, we had on our list here, which is kind of the sunk cost fallacy, in a sense. Don't be afraid to change your team. You know, just because just because something has worked really well for you so far... If it is now suboptimal at the point you are in the ladder, view that as a success because now you can evolve your team past that threshold to the next level. Like I am at a point in my stuff where my Amanda buzz is being taken advantage of way too often. And with Clefable being seen on half teams, it's it's just it's not doing there's many battles where the Amanda buzz doesn't come out at all. So I now have to look at myself, even though Mandibus has saved my butt so many times, is it worth it? Is it still putting in the effort? I know that it's, it's, I have an attachment to it because it's good, but I could always do better. Things change. Um, the meta changes a lot. So in the early days, Dracopult and Hydragon were really, really popular in OU. I mean, Dracopult still does well, but Hydragon's really taken a dip off. Um, mm-hmm. And then Mandibuzz just stood there and ate them alive. You ran a little bit of attack on your Mandibuzz so you could break uh, Hydrogon subs with U-turn. You foul played the Dracopult. It was having a party. Um, but those things aren't as common anymore and they're running different sets now. So it doesn't work as well for Mandibuzz. And it's a solid okay check to Urshifu. But if it's a bulk up Urshifu, you're having a hard time as Mandibuzz breaking through that because foul play isn't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um so things evolve. Um, I think that's part of it. Just because your mod was really good a month and a half ago doesn't mean it's any good anymore. Like my Togekiss, as much as I love my Togekiss, isn't as good anymore because teams aren't as stall heavy as they were. Um, people are evolving past that playstyle, especially with Magirna now gone. Um, there's less of five stall mods with one offensive option on teams. It's more bulky offense again. And that's not a good meta for Togekiss. And so... I have to, I, as much as I don't want to do it, I probably have to drop my Togekiss and find a new option. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I think that's where we're going to go ahead and kind of wrap it up, put the little bow on it and say that's laddering. Um, we hope you enjoyed that. It it was a little bit different than our normal battle cast in a sense where it was much more theoretical when we got to the topic. Um, <laughs> we're all looking forward to the new things that Crown Tundra bring and you know, anything that might come after that, fingers crossed. I want Glyscore back. It's never coming back. But yeah, <laughs> we'll find out. We will find out in time. But we're going to go ahead and call it there. And we will hop on over to a fun team of the episode that we found and we want to share with you guys. So we will be right back. And now for the flavor of the month. And we are back to the team of the episode. And do you remember when I talked about in OU that sun was better than rain now? Well, I wanted to revisit that. And we're going to be looking at a, a, a rain team that 
It was actually created by Finchinator on YouTube. He's doing a little bit of a laddering YouTube series the past couple of days, and we saw it. We love it, and we wanted to review it here. And maybe you know, go go watch him ba- ladder with it a little bit if you want to, or ladder with it yourself. It's a lot of fun. So go ahead and t- take us away, McGee. Yeah. Um, so it's a rain team. So very obviously, you need to have a rain setter, and then of course is going to be Pelipper holding a damp rock. Uh, usual EV spread of 248 HP, 252 defense, eight special defense, uh, relaxed nature. And then uh, it's got minimal IV investment in speed. I'm not sure what it's trying to underspeed, but also outspeed. I'm not sure the benchmark on that one. Um, I'm not positive there either. I get slow U-turn. That's a very logical thing. Having slow U-turn is valuable, but it needs to still outspeed something. I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like doing normal things. Hurricane, roost, U-turn, defog. So very traditional Pelipper for doing very traditional things. Um, obviously keeping it alive and healthy throughout the game is of course an important part of your win condition. And then something that you do see, but not very often um, that can exploit the rain really, really well is Heliolisk with a life orb, a dry skin, uh, 252 special attack, 252 speed for defense, a timid nature. And then Heliolisk does great things along with your U-turn. You got a volt switch now. So you got two pivot users, always great for continuing momentum. Hyper voice for some solid stab and any potential subs. You can blast right through those. Focus Blast, again, for some of the steel types you might run into or some of the rock types. And then Thunder, which in rain is obviously going to be very effective and very powerful. And that 30% paralysis is never bad. Mm-hmm. This so is also fun. a fantastic Toxapex switch in because it's got dry skin to absorb scalds. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I've, and this- a reminder, <laughs> dry skin heals 12.5%. Life Orb takes 10. So you heal with Life Orb. That is good to know. I remember when people, this was back in the Dracovish days, when people were trying to find odd counters to it because they were everyone was tired of Seismitoad. You would see yep. things like Heliolisk with dry skin or Toxicroak with dry skin as like a weird uh-huh. offensive water absorber. Um, but this is a much better role for a Heliolisk than that. So Heliolisk oh, yeah. is doing much better here. For sure. Take us through the next two, Shamu. Okay, so next we have Ferrothorn with Chapelberry, um, obviously Iron Barbs, just max HP, max defense with a head of special defense and then impish nature. Uh, it's fairly standard. I, I, this is standard, I assume. Stealth Rock Spikes, knockoff Power Whip, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It does Ferrothorn things. Yep. Like, yep. It, it does what a Ferrothorn does. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I assume Chapelberry's for like Urshifu and some other just fighting stuff, but again, exactly, it's nothing, yeah. nothing special. I am a little surprised about the, with its lack of healing. Um, this team doesn't seem to have a lot of healing, and so that can obviously come back to bite it. Usually I see most Ferrothorns at least Leech Seed or Leftovers, so that's right. a little different, but otherwise it's very standard, I think. I think with the offensive nature of a rain team, you don't really have a lot of time to set up Leech Seeds. You would just want to go ahead and get your hazards down. No, that's uh, fair. Which is why this Ferrothorn isn't doesn't care too much about healing itself. It just wants to get those things down. Very true. And then they also have a rapid or there's a Urshifu rapid strike with choice band and max attack, max speed, touch a special defense with Jolly, surging strikes, close combat, aqua jet U turn. It's Urshifu. <laughs> it's Urshifu doing Urshifu. It's, it's Urshifu. Yeah. Yeah. It's the panda doing panda <laughs> things. It's just a little slimmer than the other panda. <laughs> Those three surging strikes in rain, though, oh, off scary. that attack. Whew. Bandit yeah, banded crit, three strike in rain with stab. Yikes. Yeah. It's, it's going to hurt hard. 
Yep. And so we're done with normal Pokemon. We want to go to the <laughs> weird Pokemon. So next we've got Seismitoad holding a life orb. Fairly standard on rain teams to have the swift swim Seismitoad. Uh, its EVs are four attack, 252 special attack, and 252 speed with a rash nature. You are hearing this correctly. Move set of Weather Ball, Earth Power, Hydro Pump, and get ready for the Paprika Focus Punch. So the moves overall are pretty standard, other than that last one. Weather Ball, Earth Power, Hydro Pump for. You know, just taking advantage of stabs. Weather Ball is for taking advantage of really accurate, but also really powerful water moves, unlike Hydro Pump. So, Focus Punch. If you see a Seismitoad, what do you switch into it? Your answer should be Ferrothorn. So, if Seismitoad, on your switch into Ferrothorn, launches a Focus Punch, it will hit that Ferrothorn. For super effective 150 base power fighting damage with a life orb. That's spice. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts a lot. That's probably enough to... It probably won't one-shot it because or, its attack is dismal, but... No, no, no. I, there's also Chansey to consider, or Blissey. Also very uh-huh. reliable switch-ins to Seismitoad. Not at all enjoying that focus punch. Exactly. Especially if they figure out that it's a special one. If they've seen you launch off a couple earth powers or hydro pumps to really just announce that you're a special attacker focus punch it knock it out easy peasy lemon squeezy so (laughs) that's spicy thing number one now you remember how i said this a rain team i do mean that this is a rain team we've got volcarona with heavy duty boots because it's a volcarona and that's the item it runs now ability in flame body for defense, 252 special attack, 252 speed with a modest nature. And the move set of Quiver Dance, Fiery Dance, Hurricane, and the Paprika again, Rest. You heard me right. So Volcarona has become a weird Pokemon in the uh, Gen 8 OU metagame. It kind of has to choose on its bulkier sets like... Am I going to roost? Or am I going to sub? Am I going to safeguard? That's now an option. Oh, my God. Um, how, do I, how do I stop Toxapex and Ferrothorn? And that's the big problem that all rain teams have. Ferropex is very hard for a rain team to break. No longer. With this Volcarona specifically, it cracks through Ferropex extremely easily. Because the ways you stop a Volcarona are you... Wall it with Toxapex and Toxic it and let it slowly die while you haze away its boosts. Or, you know, I mean, that's pretty much the way to stop a Volcarona. Or PP stall it if you can, because it only has so many fire blasts. This solves all those problems while also allowing you to still fish for flame body burns off of weaker U-turns or something else like that. Rest keeps you from stalling and wasting away your power points. Hurricane is great in the rain to stop things that like to come in on rain teams. Grass types like Amoongus or whatever come to mind. Fiery Dance is still very good for breaking past opposing Ferrothorn, even in rain. And you might get a special attack boost. So this Volcarona is the the glue that holds this rain team together in a weird way. So, yeah, that's the team. Um, <laughs> I'm going to run with it. this one. I... I I've been looking for a good rain team for a while. I've been watching some ladder games and like, I want to run that rain team, but I don't know the spread. So I, it's hard to just 
copy paste something you don't know. Uh, but now mm-hmm. I know everything about this team and I'm about to have a party. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I absolutely am too. I'll see you on the ladder. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, it looks like so much, but that Volcarona is spicy as well as that Volset seismitone. And <laughs> frankly even the heliolist like we can't we can't stress that enough that's that's a spicy tech right there as well but take this team run with it there's a link in the description down below and it, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun all the puckalonians are gonna be stealing this rain team and running through OU with it uh we'll get heliolist go you by the end of the month i swear but that has been our episode thank you so much for listening uh we hope you enjoyed it if you enjoyed this, there's other Puckly goodness that you can find other places. We've got, uh, among the other things on this Puckle Plus feed, we've got the TCG cast, and we've got Trivia trivia Rewinds and Game Corner. Those are all on this one, and usually every Thursday there's something new coming out. For the regular show, be sure to subscribe to the regular Puckle feed. That has a show coming out every Monday where we talk everything, really. Anything Pokemon-related, not just specific topics like like these ones here, TCG and v- and video game stuff. Uh, if you like the show and want to support us, please, please, please join us on Discord. That's where everything happens. It's not necessarily directly supporting us, but it's where everything happens, where you can talk to people, get advice, get new friends, and all that kind of good stuff. As well as, you know, you can support us on Patreon. That gets you a couple rewards depending on the tier that you pick. And... Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitch. We're doing a lot of Twitch content recently, and if you subscribe there, that helps us out a little bit as well. And all of the all of the things that you donate to the Puckle Podcast goes right back into the community. It helps us get badges for the Summer League. It helps us get mics so you can actually understand us and we don't sound like we're underwater. And things of that nature. It goes right back in. None of us make any kind of profit off of anything like that. And finally... Yeah, I can't think of a finally. <laughs> I've said everything. Um, we hope to see you guys next month. It's coming closer. Crown Tundra is coming, which may well be the culmination of Sword and Shield. It may be the end. Who knows? We haven't seen a direct or anything. And, you know, we'll find out together. Who knows? Maybe the Diamond Pearl remakes will come out by then. But until next month, I have been Seth Vilo. I guess I've been Shamu. <laughs> I'm the new one. I'm always last. I'm accustomed to it. But you it. were introduced first. <laughs> oh, Seth, <laughs> Seth threw it off. It's his fault. I've been P. McGee, and I should be last. You're terrible at owning this battle cast, P. McGee. <laughs> I, revoke your, I revoke it from you and take it back for myself. That's so fair. let it be written. I have spoken. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next month on Battlecast.
Hey, Seth, are you tilted? <laughs> like, in a general sense in life, absolutely. Even more so now, 100%. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.